I'm Jeff MacArthur, and really kind of a moderate football fan at best. But I have to tell you, I have really, really enjoyed the NFL playoffs this year. I mean, how could you not? Pretty much every game has gone to either the final play of the game or into overtime. So a lot of us, myself included, looking forward to the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. We've got the Los Angeles Rams hosting the game at home against the Cincinnati Bengals, who haven't been even to the playoffs in three decades, in 30 years. So some interesting storylines, but almost as important, sometimes even more important or bigger than the game itself are, of course, the Super Bowl ads. And for more on that, here is branding expert, president of Brand Heroes Marketing, Mike Leon, joins us now. Hey there, Mike. Good afternoon. Happy Friday. Hey, Jeff. Happy Friday. Okay, uh, put this into a little bit of perspective for us, if you could. I mean, just how big, how important is the Super Bowl, Mike, for certain brands? Well, it's important enough to pay millions of dollars for a 30-second spot, Jeff. So, I mean, that says everything right there. You know, this is the big game. And for brands that are targeting the folks that would watch the Super Bowl, this really is the Super Bowl of advertising opportunities because they're going to get all the eyeballs right in one spot. They're going to get them at a point where they are super receptive to actually seeing the messaging. And like you said, right, like the ads aren't a distraction for the Super Bowl. In some ways, they actually are a big part of the spectacle that is the Super Bowl. So it's a very welcoming audience for those ads. Mm -hmm. And what makes a Super Bowl ad just not good, but great, Mike? I mean, what have we seen over the years? What does it take for a brand or a marketing firm to really stand out above the rest? Well, you know what? There's, I think first and foremost, there's this expectation that you got to go big. So, you know, the brand of the Super Bowl is, you know, this is the championship game, right? This is where you leave nothing on the field and you lay it all out on the line. So that's really the playbook that brands follow when they create ads for the Super Bowl. It can't be your run-of-the-mill ad. It has to be bigger in message. It has to be bigger in tone. It has to feel huge. And it has to go with the huge price tag that you're paying for it. So I think the idea is, is that you're not leaving anything to chance when you create these Super Bowl spots, Jeff. Yeah, and take us behind the scenes if you could and share a little of your expertise, uh, Mike. I can only imagine, you know, if you're a huge company, if you're a company or brand that traditionally advertises during the Super Bowl, I mean, is this kind of a full-year project? I mean, you kind of go from Super Bowl to Super Bowl. I can only imagine, you know, what's going on in boardrooms and the discussions and the <laughs> brainstorming, that sort of thing. Oh, 100%. You know, a lot of this stuff is planned. Um, well, well in advance. You know, there, there's sort of this old expression, right, in the marketing world that, you know, Christmas starts in July. And, you know, for, for brands that are very, like retail brands, like very active in Christmas, you know, you start planning this stuff like, you know, super, super early. And for the Super Bowl, it's very much the same way. You know, there's brands that are, are um, every year in the Super Bowl. So they start planning this stuff very, very early. Now, that being said, too, what starts to happen is, you know, depending on how you kind of go about it, sometimes you'll start that planning early and then you'll do other things leading up to the ad and the big game as well. So you might kind of pivot your approach as you go, but, you know, none of these things are fly by night. They are all, they have huge, huge planning, huge layers of people that you chat with as well, Jeff, internally to make sure everything's working out. So there's a ton that goes into that 30 seconds. 
You know, I'm wondering who's more nervous on Super Sunday. Is it the players on the field that are actually contesting the Super Bowl in the game, or is it a lot of the people in marketing departments and uh, the head of uh, brands? Because I imagine the countdown is on to when your commercial uh, comes on, and then they're busy probably checking Twitter and social media to see what sort of reaction it's getting. I can only (laughs) imagine the anxiety and the excitement that uh, they must feel. Well, you're 100% right. And if if you want to kind of put a specific position player in the marketing world that probably feels the most pressure, it's your social media community manager. Because those are the people that are looking at all those comments that come in. They're the ones that are responding to them. They're the ones that are escalating it up the food chain to management, to legal, to PR. You know, so like if you picture like the ultimate pressure cooker situation, that individual or those, those, those individuals that make up the community management team, they're at the epicenter of that storm. Okay, now we asked you, uh, Mike, if you could uh, pinpoint, look back uh, to previous Super Bowls and what might have been your favorite Super Bowl ad of all time. And you picked one, uh, well, we've got a couple, but let's start with this one where you say uh, it actually never played during the Super Bowl. Is that right? That's right. My favorite Super Bowl spot was one that was (laughs) never a Super Bowl spot. The big game, the biggest, most star-studded marketing event in America and an even bigger beer drinking event which is why Newcastle Brown Ale wanted to make a huge impact in the game. We just forgot one thing. We didn't have the money or the rights to be anywhere near the game. All right, tell us about this uh, ad. Why does this resonate to this very day uh, for you? This goes back to, uh, sorry, like uh, 2014, right? This is for Newcastle Brown Ale. Oh, I love this ad, Jeff. I I even tell my kids about this ad, hoping that they'll tell their kids one day. So, (laughs) you know, it fits well with the personality of Newcastle, which, you know, it's, it's this very, very nice, very pleasant beer. The personality around it has a little bit of an anti-establishment kind of personality too. So it fit really well with this, this idea of, which was a very simple idea. We couldn't afford to be in the Super Bowl, so what's the next best thing? And the funny thing about this, Jeff, is this, this whole narrative was, here's the ad that we would have done if we could do it. And here's the stars that we would have <laughs> cast so they had Anna Kendrick and they had her doing behind the scenes interviews saying, wait a minute, there's no ad. What? You're wasting my time with this. <laughs> <laughs> and they brought in storyboard artists and they really went the full distance. And the crazy thing about this, Jeff, is this actually outperformed a lot of Super Bowl ads. So it did exactly what they wanted it to do without actually spending any of that money to get on, on the Super Bowl. It was genius. That's hilarious. This sounds to me, Mike, like it's the ultimate case of making lemonade when life gives you lemons. You know, it absolutely is. And I think it also speaks very much to the, the sheer power that consumers have, because if you really like something, you now have the, the, the voice to be able to express that through social media and through everything else. So Newcastle really tapped into that. Okay. So they uh, did uh, really well uh, that year with the Super Bowl ad that did not air during the Super Bowl, but if uh, we were to pick an actual Super Bowl ad, uh, let's have a listen. You picked this uh, very uh, appropriate, of course, uh, the late uh, Betty White, who's uh, been on all, yeah. all of our hearts and minds for the last uh, month or two. Uh, here is a Betty White in a Snickers ad from a 2010. Mike, what is your deal, oh, man? Oh, come on, man. You've been riding me all day. Mike, you're playing like Betty White out there. That's not what your girlfriend said. Oh, baby. Oh, 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 Snickers. Better? Better. Hey! How about that? 
That hurt. You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfies. <laughs> okay, what is it about uh, that ad that uh, works so well, do you think, Mike? Well, you know what? First of all, Jeff, what's actually really cool about this one is, you know, you're we're obviously playing this just audio only, right? And I think this really holds up. Like, I love watching it. I love seeing Betty White. And, and by the way, I'm part of that population that's still mourning the loss of her. Um, so there's a lot to do. There's a lot of great stuff there when you watch it visually. But you can hear this and still get that same feeling from it. And, you know, people in my circles often call that the thumb test. That if you take out an element like being able to see an ad, are you still going to know what it's about? And Snickers has done such a great job at associating their brand with like satisfying hunger and everything that kind of comes with that. So the genius of including Betty White, other than just including Betty White, was that it really played into that and it played into all the imagery that kind of comes with what it means to actually like satisfy that hunger, hunger for life, hunger for winning, hunger for all of those great things. So it just struck a note on so many different levels. Plus, it was just good fun. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, we're uh, looking forward to a lot of fun coming up this weekend, watching both the uh, battle on the field and, of course, uh, the battle during the uh, timeouts, uh, during the commercial breaks uh, between uh, brands. And uh, we'll see come uh, Monday who's uh, talking the most about uh, what brand and what ad. Hey, Mike, uh, appreciate this as always. Thanks for the time and enjoy the Super Bowl. You as well, Jeff. Thank you so much. All right. Be well. There's Mike Leon, president of Brand Heroes Marketing and a branding expert. And we're back after this here on the Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna. And I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan. And I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.